And we are back with another edition of the Champs Corner Podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. Today is Wednesday, the first day of the December signing period. It's the second year of that. And Alabama signed 22 players today and has a commitment from a 23rd and five-star running back, Trey Sanders. He, as of this recording, has not signed yet. I'm going to talk about these players, the new developments today with Mark Jennings, and uh, we'll get into a quick comparison of each player just to go, uh, just to remind you guys. But uh, got a great podcast. It's the last one of 2018 as we head into Christmas and the new year. But first off, let me introduce my co-host, Mark Jennings. Mark, how are you? Drew, it is my favorite day of the year. It is, it is like Christmas for me. It's the first day of the signing period, and I am fantastic. And not only do I get to watch for all these great players that I've been following for the past three years, see where they're going to college, I get to go on a podcast with you, Drew, and I think this might be the best day of my life, to be real honest with you. And I'm so excited about it. Drew, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, Mark. Thank you. Uh, to let everybody know, you can search for the Champs Corner podcast podcast on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. And Mark, uh, I know two podcasts ago, you you mentioned your new business venture as a minority owner of the Alliance of American Football's Birmingham Iron, and I keep seeing all these Twitter pictures of uh, some of the players, including quarterback Blake Sims, Trent Richardson, the running back, going around for some meet and greets, and I saw a picture, and it looked like the lines were just going out the door uh, pretty Pretty uh, pretty crowded, and Mark, uh, what, what kind of excitement are you, are you seeing? Are you hearing about the Birmingham Iron? Well, Drew, season tickets are selling out fast. So if you're interested in getting season tickets to the Iron, you need to go ahead and get those because they might not be available. I know there's been a rush the past week. People getting them. Apparently being going to be real popular Christmas gifts. So if you're lucky, you might get some Iron season tickets in your stocking. Uh, but you need to go ahead and get season tickets if you don't have them yet because they're selling out fast. And it looks like we're going to be sold out for the first game for sure. And uh, hopefully we're going to sell out season tickets, not to worry about individual season tickets at all, Drew. But everybody's really excited about it, Drew. I'm really excited about it. I know we have, you know, was it 270,000 listeners to the podcast every week? I'm not sure how many we have, but a lot of people are, buy- are buying the season tickets who listen. For- so thank you for that. But uh, Drew, everybody's real excited about the Iron. That's great. And, and I saw, I know obviously the Iron were playing at Legion Field starting in February and, and this fall or this spring and, and next spring, but um, I, uh, they just broke ground on the new stadium that's going to be uh, by the Birmingham Jefferson Convention Complex or whatever they call it these days by the interstate. Um, it's going to be a smaller stadium, about 50, 55,000, I think, but it should be state of the art. Uh, Mark, will the Iron play in that new stadium when it's ready? Drew, I can confirm that the Iron will play in the new stadium when it's ready. Now, there have been some pictures floating around the internet uh, that have been given some untrue, uh, given an untrue representation of, of what the seats will be like in the new stadium. The seats are not going to be some puke yellow. I don't know where they got that from. Uh, you know, the longtime primary tenant of that stadium is going to be the Birmingham Irons. The, the seats are going to be black and silver to represent the iron. They're not going to be whatever that yellow is that they have on there. But, uh, yes, I can confirm that the the iron are going to play in that stadium in the future. Even though it has a smaller seating capacity than Legion Field, 
Uh, the sky boxes are a little nicer, and you know the iron always trying to raise more capital so they can get some better, uh, better players, and, and and really improve the facilities for the players, and, and really make the team better. So it's important to have the sky boxes available in the new stadium, even though it's a smaller seating capacity. But yes, the iron will be in the new stadium, Drew. All right, and last of all, did you have a chance to go to the mini camp that they had over at Birmingham Southern <laughs> this past weekend? I did, Drew. We looked pretty good. I can't go into too much detail about it. I'm not, you know, as I don't want to reveal any cl- any cl- team secrets to to all the listeners of the podcast. I have some spies listening uh, from other teams around the league, and I don't want them get them to know what we're doing. But yeah, I thought we looked pretty good on the mini camp uh, the other day, and that's that's all I can say about it. All right, really looking forward to. Uh the season starting. I know spring football is going to be a big hit. That first game is February 10th, 2019, and it is against Memphis at 1 o'clock Central time. So go ahead and get those season tickets now, aaf.com slash Birmingham-iron, and uh, you can follow aafiron on Twitter as well. Mark, what's your Twitter handle? I know you've got about 300,000 Twitter followers right now, maybe more at this point, but tell everybody how they can find you on Twitter. Absolutely, Drew. You can find me on Twitter at Mark Jennings55. That's M-A-R-K-J-E-N-N-I-N-G-S-55. I love listening to all my fans and hearing all your questions. So thank you so much. I know y'all probably sent in some more really good questions for this week on Twitter, and I look forward to answering them in the future. All right. Well, a huge day for Alabama. Some good news, some not so good news, some unexpected news, but we'll kind of go go chronologically Early in the morning, uh, Jordan Battle, a four-star safety, a top 100, probably top 75 prospect. He changes his commitment from Ohio State to Alabama. He is out of St. Thomas Aquinas in Fort Lauderdale, another South Florida prospect that Alabama gets. And yeah, I think there had been some some rumors of Jordan Battle flipping his commitment for quite a while, at least the last couple weeks. But uh, what is Alabama getting with Jordan Battle, Mark? Well, this is a this is a huge get for Alabama. I really love this player. He's a big hitting safety. He's six foot one, one hundred and ninety pounds, comes from a fantastic football program out of South Florida. Maybe the best in the entire state of Florida out of St out of Fort Lauderdale and St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh I love this guy's ball skills. I love the way he reacts to the ball. Uh he's more of a uh uh you know, Coach Saban's always gonna recruit somebody that's gonna be great in pass coverage first. But this is a guy who's not afraid to come up and really stop the run and, and, and take on a ball carrier head on and really make a forceful hit. He's a guy who's going to make a big impact on special teams going out there, uh, breaking up the wedge and all that dirty stuff that special teams players do. Uh, he'll do that as a true freshman. So I love this get for Alabama, Drew. Uh, the national guys have him rated as a top 50 player. I have been my top 30 in the nation. Uh, really one of the top two or three safeties in the country for me. So I think this is a big get for Alabama. Yeah, uh, battle 6'1", 187. Um, when you break down this film and you make your comparison, who comes to mind first off? Well, you look at the way he plays the game and the smarts, the intelligence that he has playing the game. He reminds me of a, a guy out of the state of Georgia played football in the SEC, uh, son of a coach who really knew the game, uh, going on, um, you know, had a great college career. Now he's in the coaching game. Um, I've been, actually been good friends with his father forever, but I don't know the son very well. I'm sure he's very successful. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Kirby Smart, Drew. Do you remember Kirby Smart? 
Yeah, I do. At a Bainbridge High School, um, had I think it was 13 career interceptions when he played in the SEC. That Kirby Smart. That Kirby Smart, actually born in Montgomery. A lot of people don't realize that. Moved to Georgia when he was young. Went on, had a fad, fantastic career at the University of Georgia. Yeah, really, really phenomenal player in the SEC, and uh, I've, I've heard he's gone on to be pretty successful in his adult life as well. But that's uh, yeah, it's an interesting comparison there. Uh, not too long after that, we hear that Dax Hill, the five-star safety out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, all of a sudden signs with Michigan. And here's a guy who committed to Michigan over Alabama in the summer. And about a week or two ago, uh, since the last time we recorded a podcast, he announced on Twitter that he was changing his commitment from Michigan to Alabama. He didn't do any interviews with any Alabama reporters. And then next thing you know, he's back signed with uh He's signed with Michigan today. So what uh, what happened here, Mark? Well, I think this is pretty obvious, Drew. He got you know, Harbaugh tried to set up Alabama to make him look like he was stealing one. Uh, you know, Dax Hill committed to Alabama, wouldn't talk to any reporters about it, and then all of a sudden he flips back to, to Alabama. As soon as he flips back to Alabama, Harbaugh's got one of his kids or whatever tweeting about how great Michigan is and trying to put it in the face of Alabama or something. I think I was very silly and very immature and, and – uh, not very, uh, not very glowing on the part of the University of Michigan. I think the University of Michigan is a lot better than that. But that's just me. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I'm not a learned man. But so yeah, it it it's, it was uh it was something I wish I could say reflected better upon college football that this happened. But yeah, this is completely set up by Coach Harbaugh for what happened to Najee Harris last year, and he just wanted to like it looked like he stole one from Alabama. Yeah, I thought that as well. I think that's what a lot of people seem to think happened, that Dax Hill never had any intention of going to Alabama. But uh, good for him. I don't think uh, it hurts to lose such a highly recruited player. But, Mark, I just don't see Michigan ever making the playoffs. I don't think it's really ever going to hurt Alabama over the next three years. You know, Dax Hill might go be a top NFL draft pick in in three years. Very good player. But do you see – Alabama and Michigan ever meeting in the playoff? You think Coach Harbaugh can actually get Michigan there in the next three years? You know, you look at players that Michigan's gotten, you know, in the last couple of recruiting classes. I'm talking about guys like Rashawn Gary on the defensive line, best player in the country, and they had him this year and they couldn't make the playoffs. And I'm not sure it's ever in the cards for them. To be honest with you, I think if Alabama ever plays Michigan over the next three years, I think it would be a huge step down for the Alabama football program. I mean, uh, you know, Michigan's playing Florida in a bowl game this year. Um, Florida, I believe, finished second or third, maybe third in their own division. So uh, if Alabama finishes third in their own division to play in Michigan, I think that would be a pretty down year for the Alabama football program. Absolutely. So now we flip to the elite five stars that Alabama gets today. The first one we'll talk about is Trey Sanders, the nation's top running back. He's a five-star on pretty much everywhere except for ESPN, which didn't have him as a four-star, ESPN and Tom Luganville. Really weird. He's a guy who committed to Alabama before his sophomore year, went to the IMG Academy out of Port St. Joe, Florida, then, or then he goes to IMG from there. And then I think it was sometime either before his junior or I think it was after his junior season, he, he decommits. Alabama's still thought to be the favorite, and then Georgia gains a lot of momentum somehow. And I think a lot of people even thought he might commit to Georgia this morning, but he, he chooses Alabama. Has not sent in his letter of intent as of as of Wednesday night where we are. Hopefully that'll be in tomorrow or Friday for Alabama. But uh, what's uh, what's the scoop here? What's Alabama getting with Trey Sanders? 
Well, he's the number one player in the country, Drew, not just at running back, but of all positions. He's got everything you're looking for in a running back. He's six feet tall. He's 215 pounds. He's got great vision. He can run you over. He also has a lateral quickness to step into the hole and make a move. Uh, I, I love this player, Drew. I think he's the, he's the best player in the country this year. Uh, a huge get for Alabama. Another one going to be the next great uh, in those long line of recruiting classes. Had great coaching over at IMG Academy, playing with other great players. So he's, you know, uh, the guys he's going against in practice every day are the guys he's going to be going up against when he gets to be a freshman at Alabama. It's that type of relative talent and skill level. Uh, and he's, so he's not, it's not going to be a huge step up for him when he gets to Alabama. There'll be a lot of different conditioning and, and, and really getting ready for the game and getting your body right. But in terms of the talent of the guys he goes up against, it's going to be very similar. So I think this is a great get for Alabama. I actually like him a little more than Najee Harris uh, from um, the last year, I believe. So th- this is a huge get for Alabama and a huge uh, coup for that, that coaching staff to keep him after he committed last year. Yeah, absolutely. And he's a guy that Alabama's going to lose Damian Harris to graduation. They, uh, you know, they very well could lose Josh Jacobs to the pros this year. So you're looking, Alabama was set to return Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, Jerome Ford. Have a commitment from Keelan Robinson out of Washington, D.C., but he did not sign today. We'll get to that later. Trey Sanders, who does he remind you of? He reminds you a lot of a guy out of the state of North Carolina, Drew. Uh, city of Tarboro in Edgecombe County, North Carolina, about about 100 miles east of the Triangle, uh, right up there, about 50 miles south of Virginia border. Uh, played at Tarboro High School, uh, fantastic high school, fantastic coaching staff there. Went on, played in the SEC, and I believe he's had a pretty good uh, NFL career right now. Of course, I'm talking about Todd Gurley. Do you remember Todd Gurley, Drew? Yeah, he's probably one of the best SEC running backs. I uh, had his career cut short at Georgia by a knee injury, but uh, may very well be the number one running back in the NFL right now, assuming we're talking about the same Todd Gurley. That's the one, Drew. All right. So big pickup, Trey Sanders, um, another IMG player, commits to, commits to Alabama. He actually signs today. That's Evan Neal, big six foot eight, 360-pound offensive lineman. And, uh, you know, he's another five-star recruit. He's a kid who committed to Alabama for about a week during his freshman year, then backed off that and ends up picking Alabama over Miami today. I believe he's from somewhere down in South Florida. So, uh, man, this is a massive pickup as part of, part of a very good offensive line class with Evan Neal joining guys like Pierce Quick and Tanner Bowles, Amari Kite. But uh, what, what, what can you tell us about Evan Neal? Well, we're talking about Evan Neal. We're talking about a guy who's immensely talented, but he's really one of the biggest offensive linemen I've ever seen at the high school level. He's six foot eight. He's three hundred and sixty pounds. Um, you know, he's definitely top offensive lineman in the country. If Trey Sanders is number one player in the country, one A, Evan Neal's going to be one B. So Alabama gets the two best players of the IMG Academy and really the two best players in the country. I think he's going to be the number one pick of the 2022 NFL draft, the way that the NFL is moving towards having the importance of that offensive line, that big left tackle. Uh, when I watched him play, and his, his, his foundation as, a, as an offensive lineman, he's got the biggest rear I've ever seen. He's got a huge base. He's got huge tree trunk legs. 
it's really impossible to get around them because of the size, and you got these huge forearms, these huge arms to ward you away from them and, and move you off the ball and keep you away from the quarterback. And I've compared him to Nate Newton before. I believe that comparison still holds. But I, at this point in his career, I think Evan Neal is going to have a better uh, be a better offensive lineman in the NFL than Nate Newton was. Yeah, Nate Newton was a tremendous player for the Dallas Cowboys, a six-time Pro Bowler. And Evan Neal, just a monster of a guy. I've had a chance to see out last year. Well, actually, IMG Academy's played at Hoover High School at the Hoover Met the last two seasons. I know you didn't go, but uh, the year before this past season, I was had a chance to go watch those guys play. And, yeah, they, they're they some big guys. So, yeah, a uh, huge pickup Alabama getting Evan Neal to really solidify the number one class in the country and they're still going to have a chance to add about maybe three four or five more guys either in the next day or so but more likely in february and trey sanders and evan neal are, are your your top two national prospects right not talking about the subscription sites but those are the top two guys on on your board that's the yeah my ratings my ratings that i have not with the subscription sites say definitely not all right Hey, so uh, one guy Alabama wanted to get but did not, five-star Nicobe Dean, inside linebacker out of Horn Lake, Mississippi. He picks Georgia here. I think Ole Miss was also in the in the running. But, you know, Alabama was right there as well. Disappointing to not get Nicobe Dean, but at least they got these other three guys that we just talked about. So what do you, do you know? have any intel on what happened with Nicobe Dean? Well, I got to be honest with Drew. That took me by surprise. You know, I didn't follow his recruitment that closely, but, you know, and I don't have a lot of respect for most subscription site writers. One of them that I do, and I really think he's the best subscription site writer in the business, is a guy named Yancey Porter. Uh, uh, covers Ole Miss, and he was for certain, he was 100% sure that N'Kobe Deems can go to Ole Miss. And then, so I was real surprised when I heard him pick Georgia because Yancey Porter is very rarely wrong on these things. So uh, I'm not sure what happened. I'm looking to see him what finding out and what convinced N'Kobe Dean to go to Georgia because from what I was hearing from from Yancey and who I respect a lot it was going to be Ole Miss and that didn't happen so I'm looking forward to see what happened there yeah so Alabama will see N'Kobe Dean probably every year for the next three SEC championship games and uh because I expect Georgia to be right up there but since our last podcast uh you know we mentioned Dax Hill who is now signed back with Michigan they did flip another player from Texas A&M and that's cornerback Jeffrey Carter nicknamed Scooby out of Mansfield Texas appears to be a long lean athletic cornerback he signs with Alabama today Mark tell us about Scooby Carter and what you see out of him well you said it Drew he's long and lean he's six feet 185 pounds needs to put on a little bit of muscle he needs to really play at about 200-205 pounds as a cornerback, he can put muscle on his frame. And he can be as fast and athletic as he is. He can put on the extra muscle mass and not lose any speed or any of that lateral movement. We're talking about a guy with great hip turn, uh, very agile back there in the, in the secondary, can really keep up with those receivers, and is very rarely fooled by a receiver. You have to be really an elite talent to be able to you know get get a step on, on Scooby Carter. And I just really like his nickname, to be honest with you, Drew. I really like this kid a lot. I think he's going to be a, an NFL draft pick in the first two or three rounds one day. and uh, This is a great get for Alabama. Yeah, when you look at uh, Scooby Carter in Alabama, you know, they needed some more cornerback depth to go along with guys like Patrick Sertan and, and Josh Job coming back. Uh, you know, Trayvon Diggs should be back from his, from his season-ending injury. Savion Smith has another year, but needed an- another good young cornerback. Uh, who do you compare him to, Mark? 
Well, I compare him, uh, you know, back when I was just, you know, not when I was just starting out in the recruiting game, but I was just when I was expanding out of Alabama. A uh, guy out of South Florida, out of Fort Myers, uh, went on to play in, in, in what is now a school in the ACC. Uh, just a fantastic um, ball hawk, uh, really athletic, you know, guy who really, if he wanted to, could have gone to the Olympics in the 100-meter dash. I'm talking about Deion Sanders. You remember Deion Sanders, Drew? Yeah, you talking about prime time? Yeah, I call him by his by his Christian name, but Dion Lynn Sanders Sr., but you might call him prime time. Yeah, that's the same guy. We see him at the Under Armour events and does a really great job hyping his guys up. So uh, that's a great comparison. Man, I remember watching him in the 90s uh, playing football and a little bit of baseball here as well. But um Alabama had a little bit of drama with the signee Justin uh, Ibowigby um, from Georgia, and some people thought he might be flipping to Tennessee, but obviously that didn't happen. Big 6'5", 265-pound defensive end. Uh, why, why was there drama there with uh, with, with Ibowigby in Tennessee? Well, Coach Pruitt did a great job of really staying on uh, Justin Abogaby, all, all really recruiting season. And Justin Abogaby was really impressed by uh, the, where Tennessee was heading and what Coach Poor was telling him where he was going to play uh, in, in the Tennessee defensive scheme. At the end of the day, the allure of Alabama was just too much. And, and secondly, yeah, I think most people realize that there was never really a shot that he was going to go to Tennessee, but you've got these subscription sites out there that have got to make your money. And I feel for these subscription sites, you know, because when they moved early signing day up from February, you know, bowl season ends first week of January. you got a whole month to really sell subscriptions. But now you don't have that whole month anymore because most, most of the prospects sign, you know, in December. And so most people don't really start looking to recruiting until the season's over. But now, season's over, and so is recruiting. So uh, subscription sites got to do what they can to drum up that interest. And, and and that's, you know, it's unfortunate for the consumer, but I understand how it works. But I like Justin Bogaby a lot. I, you know, I, he's six foot five, two 263 pounds. Now, there's another guy a couple of years ago who I thought was a little overrated. Uh, lots of subscription sites had the number one player in the whole class. I didn't think that was true. I did think it was a very good player, though. I think he got to have a successful NFL career. Of course, I'm talking about Robert Income Dietschy. You remember Robert Income Dietschy, Drew? Uh, yeah, I do. Out of Grayson, Georgia, went to Ole Miss. That guy. That's correct, Drew. Yeah, he was a pretty talented player. I, I didn't think he was the number one prospect in the country as well, but that's a pretty pretty lofty comparison there. So yeah, we'll uh we'll get to these player comparisons for all of the signees uh, real quick, but. Obviously, Mark, we know not every commit signed. You know, they didn't sign Byron Young today and a couple of others as well. Um, do you expect the rest of the signees to, to sign in February? Or do you think there could be some movement on the commitment list? I would expect some movement. I think, uh, you know, I can't name any names, obviously. But, you know, the cornerback from Daphne, I think he ends up signing elsewhere. Uh, I think the running back from Washington, D.C. is going to sign elsewhere, too. Uh, I do expect... Uh, Byron Young, the Mississippi defensive lineman, to sign in February. Though I can say that I feel I feel pretty good about that. All right. So obviously Alabama is going to be going after some more key guys to fill out the class. That's what Nick Saban mentioned as well. Um, what do you, what are some big needs here, Mark? And who are some guys that uh, the Alabama faithful should and our three hundred thousand listeners or however many we we get this week uh, 
should have their eye on as we you know get in get into these old six weeks or so before uh, this the February signing day. Well, I think the important thing for the Alabama recruiting class this year is they need to still sign some more guys in the front four on that defensive line. Uh, we just talked about Byron Young, who's committed to Alabama. He's going to sign late. I'm pretty sure about that. You know, I think he's the best player in the state of Mississippi. You know, I mean, Kobe Dean won the Player of the Year award or whatever in Mississippi, but that was that was ridiculous. Uh, Byron Young is the best player in the state of Mississippi. Uh, if you're Alabama, you're looking at the guys left. You'd like to get Young. Uh, you got Ishmael Sopsher that's still out there on the board. You have Mississippi State DL, defensive lineman committing Nathan Pickering's out there. And then you got defensive end out of Fort Lauderdale, Chris Bogle. I think if you're Alabama, you want to get at least two of those four guys of Young, Sopsher, Pickering, and Bogle. You want two of those four. Uh, you also want to make sure you get uh, the linebacker out of California, six foot two, two hundred thirty pound pounds. One, I think the top, uh, one of the top, the top, excuse me, inside linebacker in the country, uh, Henry Toa Toa from De La Salle High School. Fantastic uh, deep high school program out there. I think he's better than the Kobe Dean. Uh, Alabama might have had Nicobe Dean higher on the board than Henry Toa Toa, but I don't think that's true. So uh, I think that's where Alabama needs to go from here. I think the focus needs to be on that front four and getting that inside linebacker out of California. Yeah, we haven't talked about Toa Toa much. Is that right? Toa Toa, Drew. Toa Toa. It says it right there in his name, Toa Toa. It rolls off the tongue. Like Labagavaklava. It's the same uh, thing. It's It says it just how it's pronounced, just how you spell it. I got you. Who do, we, we have not talked about him yet, and maybe we will if he commits to Alabama, but uh, who does he remind you of? He reminds me a lot of, about, of a guy, about a guy from the state of Alabama, actually. Uh, really overlooked by Alabama, I thought. Really should have gone there. If Alabama really wanted him, they could have gotten him. But uh, ended up going and playing at, at Auburn. Uh, I believe he's starting there for three years. Of course, I'm talking about Deshaun Davis. Do you remember Deshaun Davis, Drew? Yeah, is it the Deshaun Davis out of, I think it was Viger High School down in South Alabama? That's correct, Drew. Yeah, he, he's a really good player. Overcame, uh, overcame a knee injury his senior year. Really nice to see him invited to the Senior Bowl. Had a great career for Auburn. So, yeah, that'd be a very lofty comparison for Henry Toato to uh, – to, to to be compared to. So, uh, Mark, let's real quick. We have talked about pretty much all of these 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 signees on podcasts. You know, since the summer, since we brought back the podcast, let's do a quick lightning round. Just because I know some of our listeners are new and some of them have forgotten. I'll mention the signee, and you mention who you compared them to, and you can talk as much or as little about them as you want, or you can just mention the comparison. Does that sound good? That sounds great, Drew. Let's do it. All right, let's go with the quarterbacks. Paul Tyson out of Hewitt Trustville. Brownie Nagel. All right, Talia Tunga Vailoa out of Thompson High School. Colin Kaepernick. All right, we just mentioned Trey Sanders. How about receiver John Mechie, who along with Tyson is already enrolled in, at, at Alabama? Wayne Corbett. Right. Remember Wayne Corbett, Drew? I'm sorry, what'd you say? Do you remember Wayne Corbett? Uh, is he the guy who played for the Jets? Yeah, it's them. Good, you remembered. Oh, I'm sorry, it's lightning round. I'm not playing by the rules. Go ahead, Drew. All right. Uh, tight end Jaleel Billingsley out of Chicago. Dominic Wood Anderson. All right. How about uh, Tanner Bowles, the big offensive lineman out of Kentucky? 
Well, I comped him before to Dallas Warmack. I need to make that change, Drew. I very rarely like to change my comparison, but this is one of the times. I think he reminds me of Prince Tega Wanago. Okay. Uh, how about Pierce Quick? Willie Rofe. All right. We just talked about Evan Neal. How about Amari Kite out of Thompson High School? Matt Stinchcomb. All right. How about Darian Dalcourt out of uh, Maryland? He's Dallas Warmack, Drew. Okay. How about Will Reichard, the kicker out of Hoover, who can also punt the ball? Greg Zerline. All right, we just mentioned Justin Oboigby. How about Braylon Ingram, the defensive end out of Fort Lauderdale? Marlon Davidson. All right. How about Antonio Alfano, the five-star defensive end out of New Jersey? Glenn Dorsey. All right, staying closer to home, DJ Dale, the defensive tackle out of uh, Clay Chalkville. Ed Chester. All right. Kevin Harris, linebacker out of Georgia, signed with Alabama today. Who did you compare him to? Ben Davis. All right. Uh, King Moakuda, another linebacker out of the state of Georgia. Quentin Groves. And then Shane Lee, uh, middle linebacker out of uh, Maryland, I believe. Elvis Dumerville. All right. Christian Harris, the former Texas A&M commit out of Baton Rouge. Reuben Foster. And Brandon Turnage, the longtime Alabama commit who ended up signing today out of uh, Lafayette, Mississippi, or Oxford, Mississippi, one of those two. Jalen Mills. All right, we mentioned Jeffrey Carter. We mentioned Jordan Battle. Another safety out of Maryland signed. He's been committed for Alabama for quite a while to Marco Hellams. Rob Pate. All right, that's a good way to knock off those comparisons, and hopefully we'll make some more. Let's go to the questions, Mark. You mentioned your Twitter handle, at MarkJennings55. Your email, MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. Uh, you can tweet me at Drew Champlin. That's C-H-A-M-P-L-I-N. Mark, are you ready for some questions? Drew, we get I get the best questions of any podcast in, in the United States, Drew, so I'm obviously ready for these questions. Let's do it. All right. Um, we hear from Hunter Letson, and this is the same Hunter Letson who donated $5,000 to your Patreon account not too long ago. Uh, Mark, uh, what are your thoughts and opinions on the new Alabama volleyball coach? Well, I think it's a great hire, Drew. I don't know why she hadn't gotten out of East Tennessee State University earlier. I think she's a she's been primed and ready to run a major Division One uh, volleyball program for a long time now in a Power Five conference. Now, I don't see why it's the case. I'm talking, about, of course, Lindsey Devine here. Uh, been at East Tennessee State for about 16 years. I think it's a fantastic hire by Coach Byrne. Of course, he asked me a couple months ago who I think I would who I would recommend. And I gave him her name, and he said that she was already at the top of the list. So. Uh, the announcement this week that she's going to be the head coach came with no surprise to me, Drew. All right. Uh, Alabama Pro Updates, at Bama Pro Updates. He says, Mark, I've noticed the de facto movement of signing day from February to December almost always or coincides with the launch of the Alliance of American Football in, in early February. Since you're heavily involved in both, I was curious what role you played in adding the early signing period. Well, that's an excellent question. Thank you, uh, at Bama Pro Updates. But believe it or not, I had nothing, actually nothing to do with moving up the early signing period. It's just a coincidence. Now, I will say I love the early signing period for me personally because before when it was in February, the season would, it would end and I would have to go through and watch back all the game film of all the seniors and so I can make sure I have everything ready to go by signing day in February. 
And I felt like I was getting behind because what I would like to do is have everything wrapped up by the end of the year for all the seniors. So this is the you know college football season or high school football season 2018. I'd have to have I like to have the class of 2019 guys wrapped up by the end of the 2018 season. Uh, but I couldn't do that when it was in February. I had to stay with them. I got behind on the 2020 kids. But now with it, I'm already breaking down the film and, and looking at the really the rising stars of of the the kids who are juniors this year and who are in the class of of 2020. So that's what I love. I love it, Drew. I can I love. I know coaches probably don't like, it, but I love it. It's great for me. All right. Wesley Etheridge asks, how has Lane Hatcher, that's the late quarterback signee out of Arkansas, uh, how has he developed over the course of the season? Well, I, you know, I can't say too much, but I know that Coach Saban said that he likes to have four scholarship quarterbacks at least on the roster. Uh, and if he can, five would be a luxury, but he has to have at least four. And so you've got two coming in this year's class, and you got – Tua coming back, and you have Mac Jones for sure coming back. So that's four, and if Jalen comes back, that's five. So I I I I think that Lane Hatcher has been a great asset for the team this year, but I'm not sure if I see him on the roster in the 2019 season. Okay, does that mean you're helping him and his family try to find a new place for him? To Drew, play? I told you I could not talk about that on the podcast. I told you that off the podcast. You can't talk about it on the podcast. So why are you uh, asking me on the podcast about something I told you we couldn't talk about? Oh, sorry. I forgot. We'll move on. It's all right. Uh, Go ahead. The next question, Drew. Yeah. All right. Bryant Ridgeway asks, Mark, do you see anybody in this incoming class to potentially replace Mac Jones as the holder? Well, not in this year's class, but I think you look at previous classes, one guy I look for is, is a guy out of Spain Park walk-on, guy with the name of Braxton Barker, who a lot of people don't really pay attention to. But I love the way he holds the football. I love the way he catches it and spins it around, gets those laces in the right place for the kicker. But I also know that he's not really concerned. His, he realizes his number one job is to get the ball down and laces come second. A lot of times you see guys trying to be real fancy and to try to get the laces in the right place before they get the ball down. Then they don't get the ball down, and the weight of the ball is not distributed symmetrically, and then the forces are all wonky, and, and you don't see a good kick. The kick either veers left or veers right, and that's usually how kickers miss field goals. But if you look at Braxton Baker hold the ball, he does a fantastic job. So I look for him next year uh, as really a rising star as the Alabama holder really could potentially get some stats there. Now, you're talking about Braxton Barker. That's Jay's son, right? Yeah, Jay's son. Do you think he wears a hat when he's holding, like, during summer workouts or anything like that? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I don't think Jay did. Well, now think about it, Jay did like to wear hats in the early 90s. So, I don't know. I can't speak. Maybe it's a genetic thing where Braxton also likes to wear hats. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's a – I don't know how that works. But, but uh, that's a good question, Drew. All right. I'll try to find out for you. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll revisit that in the summer. Cameron Luke Ratliff at Fluffopotamus88. Mark with Evan Neal, who is six foot eight, committing to play offensive line for Alabama today. Should Talia Tungavailoa, who is 5'11", be concerned about the possibility of them playing at the same time in the future? Um, I guess he's asking if Talia will be able to see over Evan Neal. Would you recommend Tolia start developing a 15-step drop back? God bless and Merry Christmas. 
Well, thank you for your question, that Flipopotamus88. Merry Christmas to you as well. Uh, you know, we talked about Talia's drop back earlier. How I always have already has a very long drop back at Thompson. I believe it's nine steps. But honestly, I think that's enough. I think 15 might be overdoing it a little bit. You know, if he goes 15, it's going to be a lot more difficult for Evan Neal to, to block for him because uh, it's very, a lot harder to develop that pocket when he drops 15 yards back. So uh, I think he'll be fine. You know, I wouldn't run a lot of quick slants over on, on top of his helmet. But, you know, Talia's got to make sure he throws over the top and doesn't do some these crazy sidearm motions you see these guys seeing. But, but uh, yeah, I think a 15-step drop back is going to be a little extreme. That's a great question, though, and, and really shows how much you listen, how much of a fan you are. We talked about a drop back on an earlier podcast. So thank you again, Fluffopotamus88. All right. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, Wayne Ingram asks, uh, all I do is Wayne is the Twitter handle. What is it like to go through signing day and watch all the mainstream media members be surprised when you already knew where top recruits were going long before today? Well, thank you for your question, Wayne, and thank you for for, uh, getting to my my plight and understanding what I do have to go through. But it is is something I've just gotten used to at this point. You know, when when something happens to you every year for 25 years, you just get used to it. You don't complain about it anymore. You just go to work and do your job. And... So, yeah, it's something that's always a little disappointing, but it's, it's something I'm over, and and I'm, I'm done worrying about, and I've given it to God, and he's taken those worries away from me. So thank you, Wayne, for your question. All right, and I think that's a great way to wrap up this edition of the Champs Corner podcast. As we wrap up the 2018 year, I, Mark, I'm really glad that we came back and brought this podcast back because I know a lot of people really wanted to hear from us, uh, or you especially, after I left AL.com. Well, Drew, it's been a great blessing for me that I've been de- be able to do this podcast. I've been praying for it to come back, and, and God does answer prayers sometimes that they will come back and share my expertise uh, and my knowledge with all of your listeners. So I've been praying that I could be able to do that and, and share that information with them, and God does answer prayers sometimes. So it's been a real blessing to me and my family that I've been able to do this podcast again, Drew, and, and thank you again for coming back and agreeing to do it. Good deal. So after the new year, we can start doing some Birmingham Iron Position previews, right? Absolutely, Drew. I've got my breakdowns already. I can't, you know, I can't share the pictures of the board with you or anything, but but I can, I can, I can tell you. I can give you as much inside information as I can. All right. Well, Mark, I hope you and your family have a very merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you guys next year. <laughs> <laughs>